Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. This is Josiah Kane, and I'm joined today by uh, Isaac Kane and Chuck Jones. We're super happy to have you back for another episode of Christian Say What? <laughs> we do say what. Sometimes we say what quite a bit. We do, but uh, it's more of a question from a third party to a Christian. The implications being that they're not understanding what we're saying. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Okay. So I think today uh, is going to be our last episode in the series, and then we're going to be moving on to something else. Unless, Lord willing, <laughs> unless somebody writes in with the email and asks a question about a specific phrase. Yeah, if you have a question about a specific Christian phrase, email us. Breakfasttheology at gmail.com is our email. That's the best way to get a hold of us. We've had, had a lot of people respond. Um, my uh, mother, Susan, also uh, recently responded about the Lord Willing episode and talking about how she has used it um, in a genuine way. You know, like, God, I'm not really sure about this. If it's your will, I want it to come about. Mm-hmm. But then she's also realizes, you know, maybe I need to be a little more serious about how I use that phrase, you know? Right, right. So today, uh, for our last episode here, we're going to be talking about uh, witness or testimony, you know, those kinds of things. Um, or like, like giving a testimony. Yeah. Or so it's usually in common language, uh, in a colloquial sense, it's used uh, in courthouses, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So like that's probably where you hear the word testimony often, like the prosecutor or the defender or whatever mm-hmm. gave a testimony about what happened. And or gave his testimony. Right. Yeah. And uh, we also have witnesses that are called into courthouses to, you know, validate a crime or someone's actions. Or, you know, you, you witness a car wreck and then you have to get a statement to the police and so they can have it as a record. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far off from the biblical meaning. However, used in churches or Christian conversation, it can kind of sound weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I gave a testimony today, or, um, oh yeah, I'm a witness. And in some congregations, that phrase, some denominations, that phrase is much more broad. Yeah, broad to be what it means to be a witness. And uh, to or give a testimony can give us your testimony. Yeah. In fact, it can be used like a current action. Like we're going to go and witness to the people. Like, what, what does that mean? That doesn't make sense. Right. Like when you think about it, like in a courthouse setting. There's also a pretty common Christian song. Um, there, let me find it real quick for you. Oh, yeah, I know what song you're talking about. Um, anyway, the bridge goes, uh, somebody testify, testify. You know, so, like, you're singing that in the song. And in the recording, there's, like, a bunch of people, like hooping and hollering and like getting excited about things and saying amen but it's just like what like if you are not a christian and you're just like walking into a situation like this ball got it ball has it he'd think you were nuts yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) right so where do we start where are we going 
Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, real quick just kind of reiterate going off of something you said about how the biblical meaning of the word witness or a testimony is not too far off from what we mean modern day like courthouse setting but in our modern church the phrase has become a weird kind of Christianese uh, I just fully agree with that that's why I was thinking of like this would be a good one to talk about is because like especially I've heard before the meanings evolve yeah yeah it's evolved in the church um, and perhaps that doesn't quite mean what it meant what we read in scripture I don't think anymore. that word means what you think it means <laughs> you keep using that word inconceivable and for me personally the more I internalized and understood what scripture was meaning by people being a witness the more powerful it became to me inconceivable I don't know if you guys had a similar experience, but, you know, because in the church you can hear, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go and witness to these people or whatever, and I never quite understood, like, why is it called witness? A so witness is kind of a, almost a passive thing. It's like you want to go, oh, I'm going to go and view a crime and then talk about it later. You're just, like, there and happen to view a crime. You happen to be a witness. And so, to me, it's like, how do you purposely go and witness? <laughs> you know, it's always, like, a phrase well, I have. You should come to church Sunday. Mm our church <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let the people know I'm not going to preach on Sunday and I'll go witness <laughs> North Kent um, just a quick plug if you're in the Grand Rapids area two things I'll email us and we can potentially get you on the show we'll buy you breakfast but also there are a network of churches um, <laughs> not just here in the Grand Rapids but uh, just north of Grand Rapids, there's Rockford, and North Kent Bible Church is in Rockford. And uh, if you're a little further north than that, there's Rock Solid as well. Um, That's right. Another 40 minutes north, and there's Garden Park and South Lawn and Pennellwood Churches in the heart of Grand Rapids. So if you're looking for a congregation, somewhere to fellowship, check us out. Yes, please do. And Josiah can get you in touch with the relevant parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will, I will be your middleman that points you down the path that you want to go. Unless you're interested in North Kent, in which case you will not be the middleman. Yeah, I'll guy. be the direct contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of witness, my mind goes to Acts 1-8. Mm. Okay. That's exactly where mine went at first. Yeah. Let's go ahead and read that. You got it, Isaac? Oh, yeah. I can pull it up here. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesus said to his uh, disciples, but you will receive power. This is after the resurrection. Yes, yes. Forgive me. This is the context But before the day of Pentecost. Yes. Before before the the Spirit comes on the disciples. During that, like, post-resurrection 40-day period when he is talking with his disciples before he sends up to heaven. This is one of the things he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. My witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we see that language from the, from, the, from the disciples, especially Peter in his books. He's like, I, we saw, we touched, we felt, you know, a lot of first-person mm-hmm. eyewitness kind of account language right. where it's like, we ate with the guy, we touched the guy after he came back from the dead, and, you know, we were there when he was killed, you know? Right, right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. 
and that's what Jesus is saying here. You know, hey, guys, uh, you kind of lived with me for three years and saw everything. You are literally my witness. So a witness would just simply say, what did you see? What did you hear? Mm -hmm. That's all. Relate mm -hmm. the facts. What yeah. did Joe Friday say? Yeah. Just the facts. Just babe. the facts. I got to tell you, I don't know who Joe Friday is. Dragnet. Dragnet. What's Dragnet? It's a detective show. Wow, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> There's an interesting thing about the word used for witness in Acts. And uh, specifically, I think it really comes through in Revelation. But it's the same word, um, which you may not recognize at first to be its martos, right? Which is actually the word martyr, which is someone who, as we know, dies for their faith. Someone who is uh, professing their faith even to the point of death. You know, they're, they're willing to give everything for their testimony, for their witness. And uh, in Revelation, uh, as well as in Acts 1-8, that uses that word martos, as well as in Revelation. Revelation 1-5. And, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witnesses, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the king of kings, to him who loves us and has released us from our sin, and by his blood he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever. Amen. So, um, talking about Jesus as the faithful witness, mm -hmm. right? The same word is... <coughs> also an indication to the severity of the people who are doing the witnessing. So not just Jesus was willing to go to his death for what he believed in, but also the other saints in Revelation that are mentioned are also called witnesses or martyrs. And in Revelation 3 at the end of the chapter, when Jesus is talking to the church of Laodicea, saying, don't be lukewarm, I want you to be either hot or cold, and he says, to those who are victorious, I will give you a right to sit on my throne like I was victorious and sat on the throne of my father. Mm. And Jesus was victorious by going to this point of death, mm -hmm. being a martyr, being a witness all the way through. Right. And he's calling us to be those same witnesses. He's calling the disciples in Acts 1-8 right. to be those witnesses. Right. And Jesus said in John, I do the... Uh, I speak the things that I see and hear yeah. from my father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not, he's like, what would be a, a testimony on my behalf? Like if it was just for me, it wouldn't mean anything. But there's one greater than me who testifies about me. Yeah. And it's him who I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he was doing the same thing, talking about what he had seen and heard. Yeah. And then asking other people to do the same about what they saw and heard from him. Yeah, John the Baptist, disciples yep. that came to him. Mm -hmm. He said, are you the one we should follow or is there somebody else? You go tell John what you saw and what you heard. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need any commentary from me. Yep. I also think of the story of when Jesus 
heal the man that was oppressed by a legion of demons and sent all the demons into the pigs that ran off the cliff. Uh, Jesus, after this whole confrontation, was about to leave with his disciples, and the paralyzed, or not paralyzed, the previously demon-possessed man said, can I come with you? And Jesus says, uh, no, I want you to stay here and tell people what happened to you. That's what that's being a witness of the, the mercy that God has had on you. Yeah, think about the woman at the well. Yeah, she out of excitement and pure awe ran back into the town and said, "Listen to the man, who, the guy who told me everything that I've ever done." Yeah, now, she was what she was witness. She was witness. Well, yeah. when Mary ran back from the tomb to the disciples, what did she say? He's not there. He's not there. Witnessing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also think of John 9, uh, like most oh, of the yeah. chapter. Jesus heals a blind man on the Sabbath. <laughs> and it gets everybody all riled up. Yeah, well. and the Pharisees go and ask the blind man like several times, how'd you get your eyesight? And he's like, dude, I've already told you. He rubbed mud on my eyes and I'm seeing now. And they went to his parents to ask. And the parents were like, hey, he's of age, ask him. And they did again. And it's like, do you, like, give glory to God. We know that Jesus is a sinner. And he's like, look... I, if he's a sinner or not, I don't know. All I know is I wasn't was blind. He did this mud thing, and I can see. <laughs> like he was like, he was I don't know. Hands. I don't know. Listen, I'm not. T- I'm not telling you if he's a sinner or not. But one thing I know for sure, <laughs> I was blind. <laughs> but now I can see you guys. Yeah. He, he was also witnessing the things that Jesus did. That Is that also the passage where they keep interrogating him? And he says, yeah. why do you keep asking me these questions? Uh-huh. Do you want to be his disciples too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's given the Pharisees the what for. This guy is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it also that passage, I think it starts out with, who sinned that this man was be blind, right? Yeah. And it, Jesus oh, says yeah. it's for the glorification of God. You right. know, like, right. bring about glory. Yeah, yeah. Witness also has a uh, long-standing tradition in Scripture. Um, to believe it or not, not every single uh, Mid-Eastern religion or uh, government was as righteous or caring for citizens as Judaism. Uh, yeah, they're actually pretty cruel. Um, like, to attest if a woman was uh, like an adulterer, to her husband, they would throw her in like the like swift part of the river. I think it was Egypt. Yeah, they throw into the Nile. Maybe I think it was also uh, Babylon, some other Middle right. Eastern. Okay, Code of Hammurabi or something like yeah. that has a rule where it's like if a woman is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Suspected. Yeah, if yeah. she was guilty. Yeah. Um, so they they throw her in the river, and if she lived, then she wasn't. And if she died, then she was, which obviously the odds are way stacked in yeah, favor of her yeah. dying. But that's not how God set up his law. Yeah. In Deuteronomy 4.26, or excuse me, um, Numbers 35.30, whoever kills a person, uh, the murderer shall be put to death by the mouth of witnesses, but one witness shall not testify against any person to cause him to die. Right. So it is inherent in God's law that witnessing is such an important part. Yeah. The proof, the evidence of things. The things really well, actually happen. if you had it out for me, your witness isn't enough. Right. Yeah. More than one person has to come and testify. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good law. Yeah. 
after all that hot back then. Especially if you're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And of course, that, that got perverted in all kinds of ways. Eventually, the Pharisees would take it so far as to say uh, a woman who didn't have a witness when her husband died wouldn't be set free from the bond of that, that marriage because there was none, no one other witnesses. They don't know if, what happened. So it's just like it kind of got perverted, but it also saved probably a bunch of lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Compared to what else was going on in the world at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just to further add to the point that we're making, I wanted to go to Acts chapter 4, verse 20. Uh, if you want to hear, if you want to look at a good biblical book about what the Bible means with witnessing, Acts is like your book to go to. Like I said, I talk about witnessing all the time. Acts chapter 4, verse 20, it's just one little phrase that the disciples happened to say. Um, and it said, For we cannot speak, or excuse me, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. That right there. That's what it means to be a witness back in biblical times. Like, that's what the Bible is meaning for the word. Mm-hmm. You know. it, it certainly comes from the Greek word for martyr, but mm-hmm. martyr, I think, too, has taken on a different connotation right. in modern times. Right. Somebody that's dying for a cause. Yeah. Yeah. I see it more as someone whose testimony is so sincere that they'd be willing to go to death. Right. Well, they believe it. Yeah. It's proven by mm-hmm. their follow-through. Yeah. Not just somebody that would blow up a bunch of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not empty words. Right. And they're not just meaningless action. They're right. cohesive. So there's also thinking about this topic brought up in the old story that went around the churches for a long time, years back. But if you were accused of being a Christian, is there enough evidence against you to convict yourself? Just speaking of testimony. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's a really good uh practical application of the topic here is um, when we're thinking about this term, if someone were to come to us and point a finger at us, will we be found to be with Christ or not? You know, would we have the knowledge, the life choices, the uh, participation in the church body to prove to anybody that we were really a follower of Christ? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a hard one to be honest about. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, out loud, honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But inside, not so much. Mm. So think about that, you know? There's also... Go ahead. No. No, please. (laughs) Okay. So when we witness to people, as you brought up earlier, what is it that we're talking about? Mm. The truth of what our life has shown, what mm-hmm. Jesus has done for us, and who He is, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be a, the good things to include in your witness? Like, what are some important aspects? Like, if we're actually going to make this word mean something, 
Hmm. What what becomes a part of it? I think for one, showing the real authentic change has happened in your life. Which means you have to be upfront with who you were before. Right. Yeah. And I think Ephesians covers that topic pretty well. This is what you were. Right. But you're not that anymore. Yeah. Near yeah. the end of Acts, uh, Paul, the apostle, is pulled up on the stand in front of Felix and Festus and Agrippa, and eventually he's going to make it to the Caesar, right? Right. And he's and against the Jews, and then their their councils and courts, and every single time he says, "Listen, I was the pinnacle Pharisee, and I persecuted the Christians." Yeah. And then on the way to Damascus, on my way to go persecute Christians. This giant light happened, and I was like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Hey, this is Jesus, and you're persecuting me, and you need to change what's going on in your life." You made me lose my eyesight for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he uses that story all the time. Yeah. And for me, you know, a similar thing is, uh, you know, I used to be addicted to pornography, you know, and selfish and a list of all other kinds of things and because of Jesus I've been free you know yeah. my, my life has legitimately changed right. and of course I'm still working on things the sanctification process is not complete and never will be until the return of Christ and yeah. resurrection mm-hmm. perfection comes. Yeah. Right. but right. those are the kinds of things we need to be honest with it's like Here's what's changed, and here is the person who did it. You know, here's why. In our current atmosphere in society. Thank you. Thank you very much. In our current society, there's a lot of things to be fearful of. I mean, an endless supply of things. Yeah. And the good news about the kingdom of God is all of those fearful things are going to be taken away, mm-hmm. redone, made new, fixed. Yeah. And if that doesn't isn't a cause for making people happy, I think you're not trying. Mm-hmm. And to testify to people about how that joy affects us should affect them. Yeah. The perfect verse to go along with that is 1 Peter 3.15. I love that verse. Yeah. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. Everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, do it with a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about living out your faith so that no one can accuse you. Yeah. Um, the same thing that Paul says is, who can say that I haven't lived for God? You know, like he says, yeah. bring up one accusation against me that will stick the only thing you're accusing me of is living for Christ and proclaiming the resurrection. 
which is the only thing that we should ever have against us, right? Yeah. I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. But what I really like about this verse is that uh, I think it gives us some direction. It's just a little nuance here. But sometimes when we think of witnessing and testimony, we feel like we have to go thumping everybody over the head with Christ all the time, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's an implication here that our actions will draw questions. Yeah. So he says, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Which means that something that you're doing, some way you're reacting, something that you're saying or living with, is going to cause someone to question why you're that way. And then that's when you say, here's why. Yeah. Let me testify. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also want to bring up 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. Because the kind of cornerstone, pinnacle part of our faith is the fact that Jesus is resurrected, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of, like, like, in Bible things about the evidence of people witnessing this man called Jesus from Nazareth coming back from the dead. Right. And, you know, so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Now, that's a bold claim to claim yeah. that someone came out from the dead, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. At that time, of course. They're not, long, they're not also still alive now. <laughs> right. Uh, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. And that is being a witness. Yeah. You know, uh, people saw Jesus die. Yeah. They saw him get buried in the tomb. And then he appeared to them later as scars in his hands. And look, it's me. And I saw him like in real life and touched him and seen him and heard him. If, if you are going to try devising a myth or a lie that's really <laughs> clever, you want to say, look, there's 500 other people that are still alive right now that claim that they have seen this guy that you can talk to. Yeah, you, you wouldn't just, want witnesses to a lie. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you don't you want... You found that to be true? <laughs> yeah, and you want to try having as few as people as possible to back you up on this lie because, you know, the more people that can speak and say, the more easy it is to leak that it's just a inconsistency yeah inconsistencies so you want to say 500 people also saw so it's just I don't know it's really cool to think that people in the Bible when they say they witnessed are actually like I actually saw this guy he actually did these crazy things or the blind man saying look all I know is I once was not seeing and I'm seeing now mm-hmm. and Paul saying me and 520 ish other people yep saw him back from the dead. I guess like a, a real, actual case evidence ordeal. I think um, a lot of people, I guess in my experience, a lot of people will think witnessing or testifying in church is shouting amen, you know, like during a sermon or something like that. Which it can be, because you're agreeing with the person who's saying something. So if they say something about Jesus' resurrection or how he's changed your life and someone yells amen, you know, you're putting yourself in that same... Yeah, kind of like 
Kai also had the same experience or something. Right. You're kind of pressing that. But I think in scripture, uh, traditionally witnessing and testifying has been uh, bolder with more risk, mm. with sincerity, and with person to person. Person to person, and with the expectation that this might end poorly for you. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And listen, if you're looking for a comfortable conversation, telling people about how your life has changed and how sin is a big problem, they're, they are experiencing that problem, and how they need to be saved, that's not going to be the comfortable conversation. No. You can talk no. about the sports team or the weather or something if you're looking for that. But yeah. Even that won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Especially here in Michigan. it's It's been pretty cold. Uh, yeah. But if you're looking to change someone's life and be sincere with someone, telling them about how Jesus has changed your life is the best conversation you can yep. have. And it's an adventure. It takes boldness takes courage mm-hmm. and it might end you in a situation where you're going to suffer not physically maybe maybe not physically but you might suffer some financially emotionally you have some relationally yeah repercussions um and depending on where you are in the world it might be physical yeah yeah i mean even in the united states if you make someone mad enough they might strike you yeah but there are people being killed for their faith yeah. But in the United States, you're most likely just going to lose, re- lose rapport and friendships, right. you know, right. potentially. But it's worth it because the few who do listen and turn to God that are, are captured by that grace, it's totally going to be worth it yeah. to save a few. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Breakfast Theology. We, uh, Hope that you are emboldened to uh, share your testimony. Mm-hmm. And maybe you haven't thought much about it. But I encourage you to write down and really think about how your life has changed. Yeah. And um, have something memorized. Wasn't that one of the questions of a Good Friday service? On the paper? Oh, uh, yeah. How this has changed your life? Right. Yeah, we had a little uh, reflection time at our Good Friday service about how uh, write down how your life has changed mm-hmm. because of Jesus' sacrifice. And and if you write that down, if you just spend five minutes thinking about it today, yeah. the next time that it comes up, you're going to have something already thought about. Yeah. yeah. Just like First Peter 3 says, you need to actually think about it ahead of time yeah. so that when the opportunity comes, you're not stumbling. Yeah. You're ready, you're ready. to give that offense. Yep. You never know when you're going to get dragged into the court of public opinion. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. I think so. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you later. Goodbye, Until everybody. Until next time.